It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in. Third and final hour here on Thursday. And because tomorrow is our mini miracle day where we will have uh, the the story of a deserving family that needs a mini miracle this holiday season. Uh, because tomorrow will be dedicated to that, we are shifting over our city council segment that we normally have on Fridays to right now. And so joining us on the line, we have New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta. Let's bring them on. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Tim. And, you know, we spent the last hour talking about taxation without representation with the upcoming uh, 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. But today there's taxation from the representation because uh, the meeting will be held, Council President Morad, to set the tax rate. Yeah, I guess it's with representation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, listening to some of your uh, callers, it, it, it might be that there is no representation. I don't know. But, yes, it's the annual tax classification meeting. Um, we do this every year. Uh, generally, we do it first week in December this year. We're doing it a little bit earlier so that um, documentation can be sent to the DOR. And hopefully the tax bills can come out um, maybe the week before Christmas instead of Christmas, which is always a wonderful present for the residents of the city. So. So um, I had a chance to look at the paperwork. I, I know Council Giesta did as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty disturbing still, even with a large cut that the council made this year. And um, in, the, in the administration's budget, we're still looking to increase the tax levy by about $7.3 million. Um, the, the good news, I guess, is that um, even with, thank God for the cut we made, but even with that change, if, if everything stays the way it is, you know, last year the residents in the city, the average resident in the city, sorry, increase in their tax bill of about $400 annually, which is a big number. Um, generally is not anywhere near that number, but last year it was huge. So this year um, there's a possibility that if everything stays the way it is, and I'm not sure what the council will do, whether we'll stay at the maximum 1.75 shift or we'll try to give businesses this year a little bit of a break. But if we were to stay at the 1.75 split between business and, I'm sorry, commercial and residential, we could be giving the residents in the city um, a break somewhere in the 100 to $150 range. And uh, I know that that would that would be welcome, which means their bill would go down a little bit. So the average over the two years, you know, would end up being more reasonable to what it normally is uh, in the two hundred dollar range. But we'll see. Um, things could change today. I, I don't know what my colleagues think about whether they want to stay at the maximum shift or whether they want to try to inch it back a little bit. Um, but still, there's a seven million dollar increase in the levy 
even even with the three million dollars in opera funds that were put in this year's budget and even with the large cut that the council made so uh, you know we really do need to control spending we need to start looking at the little things that add up to making um to making a a cut and i don't know how council Jester feels but i i think that the council led last week by saying look you know, we really are serious about cuts, and we want you to, you know, to look at everything possible to try to bring back the spending in the city. Councilor Jess, I don't know if you want to say anything specific about that. Well, I the only thing I can say or add to that is that I completely agree with what uh, Council President Morad said. You know, we're always here to help the taxpayer uh, of the city. You know, we are also homeowners and taxpayers, so we understand um, the need. And, you know, we're always looking for the uh, easiest rate um, to help the taxpayer and the commercial uh, owner and residential owner here in the city. So, um, you know, we, we did our job in cutting the budget this year. I, I was very proud of my colleagues and what we did. And yes, and we, we definitely have to um, do better with the spending uh, of the city. And uh, that's what we're here for is to, we are the eyes of uh, the city when it comes to the money. And, um, you know, thank God we, we did our job. And again, we're, we're just here to make sure our job is to do our best and listen to our constituencies. And speaking of our constituents, if I make him, um, I, I just want to thank the New Bedford uh, residents for voting on November 7th. Um, you know, thank you for your vote. And especially, um, I think Shai is really happy about me thanking the residents. Yes, seconding your feelings on for it. The vote. Um, so I just wanted to thank, and, and I hope that uh, going forward, we'll get more people to come out and vote. It's very important. Um, you know, we live in a great country, and your vote really does matter. So thank you again for your vote on November 7th. I appreciate it. Well, you had mentioned, Council President Morad, that the, the council took uh, another million dollars out of that supplemental budget, and it was a 10-to-1 vote, which means that, you know, the council is pretty united in sending this message, and that's something that I think will hopefully carry some resonance with, with the administration. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, you know, the, the one that opposed was Councilor Markey. Uh, you know, he felt strongly that he didn't want to uh, tie the hands of the administration with another million-dollar cut, but the rest of us didn't feel that way. And, you know, just to go back one second on the tax levy, and then let's talk about the million dollars that we cut. But, you know, <laughs> on this tax levy calculation, there is a half a million, uh, 540-odd thousand dollar uh, hit because in 2023, the council cut specific dollar amounts out of different departmental budgets, including the mayor's budget. And he did not see a feel fit to listen to what the council wanted. And so we spent that money anyway. And so, you know, we're adding back departmental deficits to the tax bill this year because the administration wouldn't, you know, wouldn't listen or wouldn't work with the council to, you know, control the spending in those departments. That has to stop. And hopefully the million dollar, the additional million dollar cut that the council approved last week, you know, will send the message to this administration that we're not fooling around. 
And certainly when free cash comes for 2023, I'm going to be a strong advocate of telling my my colleagues, let's not spend this money. Let's put it where we can save it. You know, we have deficits in the OPED uh, account. Let's put it there so we don't have to keep increasing taxes to pay, you know, those types of commitments that the city has. And I'm hoping that the administration gets that message. Yeah, so far they haven't, but... Hopefully they'll get it. I am concerned that they will because this is, this again, in my opinion, is the effect of a four-year mayor term. Uh, you know, you feel empowered to do whatever you want because you don't have to answer to the to the taxpayer for three more years. I completely agree. I hope they do listen. Um, we're doing our job and the best that we can for the taxpayer of the city, and I just hope that the mayor listens this time. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you really do. It's time to look at, I know he keeps coming on the radio saying, oh, no, no, that doesn't add up, but it does. When you start looking at 100000 here, 500000 here, when you add that up, you know, if you're cutting the budget spending by two or three million, in, you know, in a year, that, that makes a, a difference. It really does. Oh, hold on. I, hold on there. There we go. Sorry about that. I tried to put a caller on hold and I put you on hold for a second there. But you're right. Yeah. It, it, it does it does make a difference. And it, like you're saying, if it's not going to be a cooperative effort to try to work to reduce some of that, it, you're just going to keep being at loggerheads all the time over it. Yeah, that's right. And we'll end up with, you know, the administration on the radio saying the council chai. <laughs> sorry, doing this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, when we really should be working together. I have a lot of faith in Bob Ekstrom, the new CFO. You know, I'm, I've liked working with him in the past. I, I think Councilor Jester does as well. And yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully he can be the intermediary. You know, Mike Gagney was a very smart man. Uh, he did well by the city. But, you know, he was a contract employee, and he wasn't about to go loggerheads with, you know, the administration for the council's uh, request. So maybe it'll be a little different with somebody who's permanently in the position. A, um, a topic of conversation that came up quite a bit this week and certainly that I was talking about, but was also something that New Bedford Light had been writing about were, were some of the, the parking issues. And as we're looking into these TODs possibly being built around the new train stations, uh, parking is becoming more of something in the forefront. And there's already a lot of issues around the city with parking. And Councillor Giesa, you're, you've been working with the new captain in, at Station 3 to try to alleviate some of the parking issues that have been happening in the North End. Well, I, I've been working on that issue, honestly, since the day I was elected. Um, you know, we've seen over time uh, a change, uh, more commercial vehicles. And I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, small commercial vehicles. I'm talking about mid-sized to large commercial vehicles that are now parking in neighborhoods. And that's been going on in the North End, especially in Ward 2, for a very long time. And luckily I worked with the former captain of the North End, Captain Derek Belong, and he was always very helpful uh, along with the uh, traffic department, um, you know, to, to alleviate or remind uh, commercial owners, um, come on guys, you live in a neighborhood, this is a neighborhood, it's not just uh, a commercial area, be very aware of the people that live here, um, but it's an ongoing issue and it's something I've been working on. And uh, Captain um, 
uh, Bobby Holmes just became the captain of the North End, and I had coffee with him this week. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how to... There was at one time, I believe, and Councilor Morad may know this, uh, an ordinance for oversized vehicles. Um, and now those oversized vehicles are just... The definition is a wrecker or a tow truck. They are not allowed to park at all in um, the city. Uh, they're supposed to be parked in a parking lot or a driveway. Um, and for some reason, that ordinance was changed. And unfortunately, we're seeing uh, a result of that. And I'm hoping that going forward, we can work with um, you know the commercial owners that are leaving their trucks uh, in residential areas. I see it many times where a bus, a school bus, can't take uh, a right onto Arlington Street or Concord Street because of these vans, these trucks that are just too long or too wide. And, um, you know, emergency vehicles, ambulances, fire trucks, that's, that's become a huge issue in some neighborhoods. So, I'm definitely looking at what we can do. I'm not here to go after commercial vehicles. I'm just saying that some of them should not be allowed to park uh, in neighborhoods. Uh, you know, parking is a premium now. You have households that have anywhere between three to four cars in each apartment. And not every apartment has a driveway, Tim. So what do we do? Um, you know, we saw a situation a few months ago where the fire department had to break through a car, smash its windows to get the hose through because he was parked in front of a hydrant. And we see a lot of that. I see it all the time in my ward where cars are parking in front of hydrants. That is a huge public safety issue. So, you know, we really need to take a look and and see what we can do to alleviate that problem because it has become a huge problem in the city. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I, I, I have to assume that, you know, some of these trucks that are box trucks that are parked, that these are self-employed contractors. But when you see one of our major companies who has, you know, let an employee, I guess, bring a box truck or a larger truck home and it's parked on a residential street, you know, that makes no sense to me. Those vehicles should be in the company's parking lot overnight, not on the residential street. You're not only from a safety perspective, but you're taking up valuable um, parking in, in, in many of our congested neighborhoods. And really, it's not just there. I mean, we had this situation, I know Council Markey did not too long ago in the Pine Hill Lakers development where, you know, a long-haul tractor trailer guy was bringing his tractor home, and instead of going to the delivery spot or whatever, he's parking a tractor trailer, you know, on one of the streets in Pine Hill Lakers. And the residents don't want to look at that and yeah. don't want to have to put up with that, you know, idling diesel, et cetera. So um, I'm, I'm in full support of what Councilor Jessup is attempting to do. And in the new year, I, I hope we have a real serious conversation and ordinance about, um, you know, re-looking at that ordinance that was changed many years ago. You know, and if I may also say, uh, you know, the other issue with these heavy trucks is because of their weight and uh, width yep. of the truck, they have to park on top of a sidewalk or in grass ribbons. 
So they're breaking up sidewalks. They're destroying grass ribbons, which is city property. You're too wide to be parking on a residential area. It should not be allowed. I'm sorry. It's like what Councilor Morad said. These commercial vehicles, keep them in your parking lot. And they are being sent home. You know, you never saw that before. You never saw companies sending their employees home with a truck, uh, with a company truck. So, you know, there's something has to be done. It's just gotten out of hand. And, you know, neighborhoods are complaining. I get calls all the time about why are we allowing these trucks to park in on the street? And these residents are right. So someone brought up something to me, too, and I don't think there's anything that that could be done about it. Um, but the problem that they brought up with is that there are homes, especially in the near north end, that have driveways that have multiple families living in the home. And so the, the residents don't want to park in the driveway because then somebody else yeah. will park behind them and they have to. So they're all taking up parking spaces on the street when they could fit two or three more cars in those driveways. And I don't think the council or, or, or the traffic commission or anybody could have any control over a situation like that, though. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you enforce that. That is very true. I mean, I have a driveway. Uh, my sister and her boyfriend park in the driveway. Sometimes I park in the driveway. So I get it. Um, but there are people, for whatever reason, which I don't understand, if you have a driveway, why are you parking in the street? And, you know, winter is coming, right? Um, and it's going to be even more of an, an issue because when, the, you know, we have to plow the streets, and you can't park on one side, what do you do with these vehicles? And we also have to remember, we still have a lot of elderly people who live in the city, um, people who with uh, disability issues. So, you know, we have to do better. And, and I just ask that those people that do have driveways, please park your vehicles in the driveway. Be friendly. Be a neighbor. Um, we've lost a lot of that, unfortunately. I, I have to agree. There's not enough of that, uh, you know, neighborhood neighborly feeling um i do have to wrap things up in a moment though just because we got to take a break before the news before i do that though there's been some questions here uh and i will ask both of you because this pertains to both of you there's been some questions that have come in here on the radio if either one of you are going to um do anything with the video footage that you were taking during the incident that happened between the two meetings uh, a couple of weeks ago if that's something that the the public would be would be seeing at some point so um, that's, there's been a FOIA request made with regard to uh, information for myself and several of my colleagues. And so, therefore, at this point, that's a legal matter. And uh, none of us will uh, answer you publicly on that because our attorneys are handling it. Okay. So, but the, okay. it is something that is being addressed. So, Well, there's a FOIA request. And as you know, when there's FOIA for your listeners, is a Freedom of Information Act request. When that's made by uh, someone for information that's in the possession of the city, there's a 10-day response period, and um, you know that's the standard process. It goes to our legal department. We have specific people in our legal department that handle those. There's, there's also, uh, we got a call that there's a planned protest uh, before the meeting next week uh, in which you plan to go in and into um, executive session and talk about some of these issues. And this protest is designed to try to request that you do that publicly. Uh, would there, do you see a, a pathway where this could, be, this could be a discussion that could be happening in an open session? Um, well, I made the motion based on my discussion with uh, legal counsel. And there are some concerns that uh, myself and several of my colleagues have expressed. 
and uh, we'd like an opportunity to discuss those with the chief of police and our own legal counsel and the city solicitor. And those conversations will be done in executive session. That was my request on the agenda, and um, we'll have that on the 4th. So I'm sorry that people feel that the council can't have a discussion with its own resources uh, regarding issues and concerns it has. This is nothing unusual. We've done this in the past, and I've never heard of protests because we're having discussions about issues. Um, This is the way the process works. There's open meeting law requirements, and if more than five of us want to have this discussion, there's not a way to do this without uh, having the discussion in a, an executive session. And it does concern security issues that counselors have, and it's an appropriate mechanism that's placed on the agenda with the consulting of both the city solicitor and the uh, council attorney. So uh, I, there's no legal issue in what we're doing. Uh, I, I'm, again, I'm not really sure why people think that the council can't hold a session to have a discussion. But. Well, no, I think sometimes people just don't understand the, the whole process that, that surrounds it, which is just, you know, why we ask for the clarifications on things. Well, I want to thank you both for, for joining us. And, uh, and as we're getting closer to the holidays, I hope that you're getting out there and getting your shopping done. Well, that's the great thing about um, gift cards, Tim. It's very right. easy. I just write a check. <laughs> my, my nieces and nephews call me Uncle Gift Card. So, and there I, you go. I wear it proudly. Well, you know what? You know what? You're still spending the same amount of money, but they're happier. True. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> get to buy yeah. And you don't have to well, fight anybody in the store. Yeah, I just want, yeah, I just want to apologize about my dog today. Uh, evidently, she doesn't like Thursday WBSM sessions, so I'm sorry about the background noise. No, I, th- I think she just wants to have her own say in the interview. We'll just have to have her be the guest one of the times. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and that'd sure. be fun. Yeah, it would be. You got one too, Maria. Can, yeah, I'll bring Buddy them. along. Buddy and Shy can have a conversation. <laughs> I think most of our colleagues do have a dog. We'll put them all on the line at once. They can all back together. <laughs> we'll have to do that for like National Dog Day. You know, we'll 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 talk yeah, to all the counselors' like dogs. Yeah. All right. I hope you both have a great weekend. Uh, and Council President Moore, we will talk to you next week. Yes, um, I know. I know that I haven't gotten you the name of my colleague that'll join me, but I will do that so you have it. All right. That sounds good. Thank you both. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Tim. You right, too. Thank you, thank sir. You. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and her dog and Ward 2 Councilor Maria Giesta. We are going to be going into the newsroom in just a moment. Uh, just to warn everybody, I ended up blowing that break there so we could get some of those questions in. So uh, I will have to catch up with that on the other side of the news, but we'll take your calls at 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in on any of that or any of the other issues that are ongoing today. Uh, I will also remind you that we did move that segment over here today because tomorrow is our mini miracle day. So we will be dedicating the program tomorrow morning to helping this family and to making a mini miracle for them this holiday season. And when you hear this story, you're going to be touched by it. I know I certainly was. But what you're going to find the most inspiring about this story is what this family wants to be able to do for itself and really how easily we can make that happen for them. 
You know, a lot of the times these things that we're talking about with the mini miracle families, they seem like they're they're out of reach. And then all of our listeners and our our advertisers all come through and they help us out and they make it happen anyway. But this one, there's a, a very clear path to how we can help this family and make a huge difference in their lives. So you're all going to want to tune in for that. We're going to lead off the show tomorrow morning right at 6 a.m. with their story. Victoria Grisella from the United Way will be here with me all morning and we will be sharing their story and taking your calls and your donations. Right now, though, we're going to go into the newsroom with Ariel. The truce between Israel and Hamas is being extended for another day. The Israeli military says the temporary ceasefire in Gaza will continue for another day for the process of releasing hostages and subject to the terms of the agreement. A new poll shows the number of college students experiencing or seeing anti-Semitism is up this academic year. The poll by the Jewish-led Anti-Defamation League and Halil International found that nearly three in four Jewish students and 44% of non-Jewish students saw or experienced anti-Jewish ideas since the start of the 2023-2024 school year. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger has died at the age of 100. Kissinger served as National Security Advisor to the Nixon administration from 1969 to 1975 and as the 56th Secretary of State from 1973 to to 1977. During that time, he's credited with helping ease tensions between the U.S. and Soviet Union and opening relations with China. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom will go head-to-head during a televised showdown tonight. It will air on the Fox News Channel at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. TV star Shannon Shannon Doherty says her stage four breast cancer has spread to her bones. The 52-year-old actress, best known for her roles in Charmed, 90210, and Heathers, told People magazine she wants to make it known that people with terminal cancer are capable of living quality lives. Delivery of Tesla's Tesla's Cybertruck is finally starting today with an invitation-only event at the company's Austin, Texas manufacturing plant. While the single motor models are expected to cost around $50,000, updated pricing will come out at today's event. And Google's former CEO says artificial intelligence could endanger humanity within the decade. In an interview at Axios's AI Summit, Eric Schmidt said AI development is similar to the development of nuclear weapons at the end of World War II. In sports, the Bruins are looking to snap their three-game losing streak. Boston returns to TD Garden for tonight's battle against the San Jose Sharks. The Patriots head coach Bill Belichick said Wednesday that he will not be announcing a starter quarterback for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Third-year starter Mac Jones did not take any throws during the open media portion of practice. Jones, who has been pulled from four games this season, has thrown for 2,120 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. New England is last in the AFC East at 2-9. and nine. And the Celtics are seeking a third straight victory. Boston closes out a three-game homestand when it hosts the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow night at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
Becoming mostly sunny this morning on the chilly side. Temperatures in the mid to upper 20s, mostly sunny for this afternoon. Seasonable temperatures in the mid to upper 40s, mostly clear tonight. Upper 30s, not as cold as last night. And then tomorrow we'll begin with some sun, increasing clouds. Rain moves in late in the day, overnight, and a slight chance Saturday morning. Saturday featuring more clouds than sun. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's New Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New, Be- New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Good morning, Mass. This is Brett Michaels, and I just want to tell you right now it is time for your morning medal right here on the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. I do have to take that break that I was telling you about. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, And when we come back, we can take some more of your calls. 508-996-0500. We will be right back. Yes, sir. And, you know, as we were talking about the parking issues uh, in the city, especially in uh, Councilor Giesta's ward, Ward 2, we were discussing how, you know, there's these oversized business commercial vehicles that are parking on the street. And I'm getting app chat messages from people who are sending in photos saying, yeah, look, here's a problem. Yeah, look, here's a problem. I would suggest sending those uh, to your counselor. If you are in Ward 2, send them to Councilor Giesta. Uh, if you know what, even if you're not in Ward Two, I'm sure you could send them to her as well as your your ward counselor because you know she's collecting this information and sharing that. But I think that there is um, there is an issue with it, and part of the problem is you know when people built these homes, these these three family homes, there was wasn't as many people driving. You know, you might have had one or two cars per family, not four or five people living in the house that were all driving. And then another part of it, too, is the cars weren't the same size. Now, I see that happen all the time where people say, well, there's the difference is when they built a lot of these homes. Well, I mean, granted, some of these homes go back to the days before there were even cars. But when they were putting in a lot of these these streets and the, and the rules for parking on them, you know, there weren't these big oversized SUVs on the road. And my response to that is, yeah, but there were big, oversized, you know, American cars. The imports were always, you know, a little bit smaller, but the American cars were, were pretty big in those days. I mean, put a, put the, what's the biggest SUV out there? Maybe like a GMC Yukon or an Envoy, like one of those really big ones. Put one of those side by side with like a 
early 60s Ford Galaxy. My cousin had one of those, and I think she still has one, has one now. But that was the longest car I'd ever seen that wasn't a limousine. So you did have long cars, and they were pretty wide, too. I don't know if there was why, how they compare width-wise with the SUVs of today, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily the, the issue. I think it's more of a matter of there's just more cars. And that's why the conversation around those TODs, the transit-oriented districts, and trying to have 0.75 parking spaces per unit, I don't think that math is going to work. Not anytime soon in New Bedford. But yeah, if you have photos of those incidents, send them to your counselor and see if you can't at least, you know, get them to be reminded that uh, it's it's best not to park those on the street. I mean, it's just courtesy. I've driven in some of the streets on the north end and seen a bus for a church parked on the side of the road. I've seen a company that had not one, not two, but three of its company vehicles all parked together on the road. So, I mean, it is an issue. It is a problem. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Billy Saffield. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. I understand what Maria's trying to do, you know, about city vehicles parked on the on the side of the road uh, over, a, you know, it's a certain weight. But you also got to realize that the city is also supposed to follow those rules. How many times have you seen them working on streets and they park heavy-duty equipment on the side of the road and they put cones all around them? That's against the law. What come she doesn't complain about that? They're supposed to take the heavy-duty equipment off the property and park it off the street. They're not doing it, so why should the public so, do it? So, Gilly, just for clarification, you mean like the vehicles that are doing the work, that they leave them when they're not doing no. the work? or no. no. The, the, how many times have you drove by when they're doing like curbs or the road, they put the heavy-duty, when they're done, they put the heavy-duty equipment, sometimes on a sidewalk, and they put cones to stop it. They're breaking the law. How come she ain't complaining about that? I'm not sure. So that it's something that they leave there for a long period of time, or they're just waiting for somebody to come back and pick it up? They leave it overnight. They're supposed to take them off the road. I'll have, I'll, have, I'll have to ask her about that. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? And, you know, like Linda says, it's under, you know, the lawyers and everything. You know that if she had proof on her phone, she'd be putting it right out there to show how everybody behaves. They're the ones that misrepresenting the, fa the facts. It wasn't Ian that misrepresented the facts. But my main concern is that when she's complaining about the heavy, you know, the trucks parked on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Tell the city to take them off, too. All right. Well, well, I will pass so that information on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as just going back to the video thing, I think, you know, as, as Council President Moore had pointed out, there is a FOIA request, which means that now that would actually prevent you from being able to release that on your own because now the, the lawyers are involved in it. I know because I put in plenty of FOIA requests for things here. We've all done it. So that'll be a process that just has to kind of follow itself out. Where it goes, the next step after that will be um, something worth keeping an eye on. Let's take another call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? 
Oh, I'm doing all, oh, I'm hanging in there. You know, uh, all of these cars in our city, there's more and more people coming here. We're running out of housing. We're running out of parking spots. Uh, and if you drive up and down the street, you're going to notice that you have a lot of cars that are hanging off the curb. And I don't know how the, the police don't see that. They're hanging out three feet. And uh, you can't see cars on either side of the street, especially the main, the main strips. And uh, big uh, utility trucks and vans are uh, impeding your vision. Uh, then we need to start cracking down on that. Because I see a lot of that. But uh, one final note is with this train coming here, there's going to be more people coming here, living here. They're going to have more cars. And then what? We need to start thinking about uh, building uh, parking garages instead of these storage facilities that are popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is a need for more parking and, and garages could do. You could build a private garage and, and make pretty good money off of it. Oh, absolutely. And if you got two, I mean, you'll be a millionaire. Yeah. Well, I think you'd have to be a millionaire just to build one, build one because it can't be cheap to build one of those with uh, how much uh, enforcement, you know, concrete reinforcement and yeah, all that concrete, that you need. concrete, right, yeah. and labor and all of that. Well, you know, something needs to be done uh, because we're talking about housing. I mean, uh, let's face it, this is an old city. It wasn't made for all of these cars to be cramped in, I am blocking people's driveways and, in, and blocking your view uh, on the on these main uh, main arteries. I Absolutely. thought I'd just chime in this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you for the call. And uh, we are going to take our final break. We'll try to squeeze in some more if we can. We'll be right back. Just about out of time. So, callers, if I didn't get to you, stay tuned. Chris will have you with South Coast Now coming up in just a few moments. Uh, I want to also tell you that if you're worrying about what you're going to do for your holiday party that's coming up, what you're going to prepare, what you're going to serve, don't worry about it. Just go and visit the butcher shop, 123 Dharma Street in New Bedford. Ask them about their party platters. They can put something together for you that will be beautiful, that will be bountiful, that will be affordable, and that will make your job a lot easier. And you can just get to the business of spending time with your friends and family and entertaining instead of actually cooking. But maybe you do want to prepare a big meal. Well, that's great, too, because you can get everything that you need at the butcher shop. High-quality meats, really good-quality cuts of meat that you won't find in the supermarket, but for not that much more than you would pay in the supermarket, right? You're going to be getting the quality that you want to serve people, especially this time of year when it's all about coming together as part of the family. And don't forget, if you need any beer or wine, you can visit their wine cellar. They have bottles of wine ranging from $5 to $500. So it all depends on what you want to share with those who are coming over for the holidays and also what you want to keep to yourself for when they all go home. It's up to you, however you want to handle it. But check out the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. And it's also helpful to get some of their great pre-made food for yourself so that you don't have to cook as you're getting ready to prepare to cook all of those holiday meals. The butcher shop can take care of that as well. That's going to do it for me for today. Looking forward tomorrow to sharing with you the story of this year's mini miracle family. Victoria Grisella from the United Way of Greater New Bedford will be in here with me tomorrow morning throughout the program to share with you the story of this family.